Yeah, would we admit, guys, that we, we really don't know uh, what it's like to uh, be a mom? And why don't we give them a hand? Why don't we start out our service like that? want to welcome those watching in Issaquah and Duval as well. And we're going to have a lot of fun this Mother's Day. We're kicking off a new series. Uh, I, one of the things that I love as a father, and I'm sure uh, moms do as well, is some of the things that your kids make. came across these. I, I, I thought they were really good. Uh, the first one, uh, the well-meaning daughter who was asked to write a sentence about her mom's hobbies. And this is what she came up with. <laughs> My mom likes drinking wine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so kids are also very honest. Uh, and then the next one, uh, the young poet who loves her mom. You have to read this down. Mom, I love you more than rainbows and beautiful skies. So I love you more than buttercups and the wings of butterflies. And I love you more than cow. So that, uh, 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 th- this one I also liked. A child's note confessing bad behavior. Uh, we see this. Dear mom, thanks for putting up with a spoiled, ungrateful, messy, bratty child like my sibling. <laughs> and uh, th- this one, the sweet little girl who likes to greet her mom with a note in the morning. Uh, Good morning. I see my assassins have failed. Catherine. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And you wonder what I do with my week. I find things like this just for your entertainment. Uh, Well, you know, uh, with our moms, uh, I don't know about you, uh, but there's, uh, my mom would have sayings, and uh, my, my, my wife's mom in particular, we called these genisms. Uh, Also, some people, there's an official name for these called momilies. They're like a homily, a sermon uh, from a mom. And it's interesting, uh, as you uh, think about these, any of you ever hear this one before? The kids only make fun of you because they're jealous. Any of you ever hear that from a mom? No? Okay, so the, your, your, your mom didn't look out for you. I'm sorry for that. Uh, <laughs> okay, let me, let, me, let me see if I can get involved here. And uh, Isquad Duval, you do this as well. You finish these. Uh, don't sit too close to the TV. It will... Ruin your eyes. Okay, don't run with a stick. You'll poke your eyes out. Don't cross your eyes. They'll stick. A lot of these about vision, aren't they? Uh, (laughs) Always put on clean underwear in case you're in a... Yeah. Mom, couldn't you be worried a little more about me? (laughs) You know? If I'm on a gurney, I'm not so much worried about my underwear at that point. And then there's this famous all-purpose momily that you ask, why should I do it? And she says, do it because I... I said so, yeah. And do you know that there's, in a sense, uh, some biblical support for that? Uh, Some of you aren't going to like that if you're a child here today. Uh, But we're going to look not so much from a child's perspective as I uh, kick off this new series. We're talking about doing something great. And we're looking this week at being a great kid when you're no longer a kid. Uh, and, and this verse that we're going to look at is one of the big ten, uh, ten commandments. Uh, we see it, you can find that right in the uh, book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 12. It says, in fact, why don't we read this out loud together? Can you do that today? Okay, two of you will help me. That's great. Let's, uh, uh, ready, set, read. Honor your father and your mother. And so we're going to look at that. Now, it's interesting as you read that, you'd say, hey, you know, 
That's great. You should have told me this when I was five years old, and that would have been wonderful. Well, if you look at the Ten Commandments, I, uh, none of them are written to children. Uh, and this one, in context, is not written to children either. This is written to, to adults. And so we're going to uh, take a look at that and what that means. Uh, it's interesting if you uh, are familiar with the Ten Commandments. You've heard of them, I'm sure. I won't tell, ask you how many of them you know. Uh, but the first four have primarily to do with a relationship with God. Uh, what will that relationship look like? And it's interesting, then it goes into the next six. And the first one, and uh, there, there's, there's really this sense of importance attached to really where it is, uh, as you go to commandment number five, is this commandment, honor your mo- mother and father. And then uh, you go on in, in Ephesians uh, chapter six, it, it talks about this. The first part, of, there is a first part, it says, uh, children, obey your parents. Uh, and uh, for children, do you know what obey means? Obey. That's what it means. Uh, yeah, I, uh, we knew this uh, uh, girl. She was actually a college student at the time. Uh, she would teach the kids that she babysat a little song, and it went like this. I won't, I won't, it was, obey your parents and you shall live a full, long life. Disobey and you will die, 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 die. <laughs> Cheery little tune, isn't it? Uh, well, uh, well, this is really important, and not so much maybe a physical death with it, but there, there's this sense of priority of this. Now, on Mother's Day, of course, this is a real appropriate time to be talking about this. But why do we need to get this right? And before we get down into the details of sort of, uh, you know, the troubles with it, how to live it out, why do we need to get this right? I want to look at a few things just pretty quickly. Uh, the first one is that God promises you to bless you. He promises to bless you. Uh, In fact, if you read in that, the book of Exodus chapter 20, not a bad section to read, Uh, there's this promise given that that God will bless his people in the land uh, when they do this. Uh, Now, why is that so important? Have you you ever met people who are still uh, rebelling against their parents' authority? Uh, I've met 48-year-olds who are rebelling. And what I've noticed is that there's a pattern of rebelling against authority when it comes to uh, an employer, when it comes to just people in society. And, and it tends to be this, this unspoken thing in someone's life uh, that is always a problem. In fact, I've seen people uh, succeed in the business world, but because they have this thing, they never came under their parents' authority, they're rebelling against authority, they'll get someplace and boom, the career uh, takes a big hit. So it's really important. Uh, We're also setting an example. Uh, Here's a great reason to show grace and love to your uh, father and mother. You're setting an example. Uh, Have you ever wondered how your kids are going to treat you when you're old? They're going to treat you pretty much how you treat your parents. Some of you are nervous right now. And... uh, (laughs) So uh, if you're not setting an example, you better have amazing long-term care insurance. Uh, So uh, also because God commands it. Uh, God says that this is one of the things uh, that we're to do. Uh, Now, it's interesting. Have you ever wondered 
uh, why God commands it. Some of you say, hey, this is really difficult. God, one of the Ten Commandments is, don't, is not, don't forget to breathe. Why? Because we're going to breathe naturally. So why would God command this? Because he knew we would have a tendency to dishonor our mother and father. And there's many reasons for that. Uh, and, and, and we're going to look at that in just a moment. If, if you're looking at that, you might say, you know, as I look at my, my childhood, uh, it was wonderful. Some of you would say, I feel like more like I'm in recovery from my childhood. And so how do we navigate that? There's actually an example given in the Bible. And I want to look at this account uh, just uh, briefly. And it's not an account of a mom, because uh, we wouldn't want to show the example of a bad mom on Mother's Day. That wouldn't be good. Uh, so we'll show the example of a bad dad. So I know all the moms will be happy about that. <laughs> but, but really, you can apply this to any parent. And it's very interesting as you look at this account, maybe in a, in a way that you've never looked at it before. Uh, there's a book of this guy, uh, uh, or there's an account of this guy named Noah, and this is really where the ideal of God's command meets real life. The, the account starts with Noah really being the hero. Uh, in a world where uh, people were vile and rebelling against God and sin reigned and they were brutal, it says this in Genesis uh, 7-1. The Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Isn't that, I mean, that's a pretty powerful statement, isn't it? He's saying, okay, of all the people of the earth, you're the best one. And wouldn't that be, you know, if, if that could be said of your dad or mom, if God said, yeah, you know, I looked over, okay, you know, there's 7 billion people, uh, yours is the absolute best. You wouldn't even need to buy the t-shirt, world's best mom or world's best dad. It would be God saying that about, uh, about them. So he was a, a real righteous, uh, godly person. And then there's the account of, of the flood. And uh, in that narrative, uh, now, now some of you, might, might say, you know, hey, I, I'm not so sure uh, about that, if I believe about that flood or not. And you can, you can believe it or, or not. You can think it's an allegory. I, I believe it's true, by the way, uh, because Jesus believed it was true, and also because of the part that comes next. If, if the part that comes next is so crazy that if you were making up a story, you totally would have left this out. And so uh, that's another reason. Well, we, we read uh, first that Noah built an altar to the Lord after God uh, delivered Noah from, uh, from this flood. Uh, Noah's a faithful worshiper. He, he loves God. He con- God continues to bless him. And so we read this next part. Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard when he drank some of its wine. Okay, Noah's still a good guy, right? He's, uh, he works hard. He uh, you know, has this harvest of grapes, uh, turns it into wine, and that's good. Now, this next part is where Noah goes a little bit off the rails. He became drunk and laid uncovered in his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father naked and told his two brothers outside. So it says that Noah drank some wine. When you're naked and drunk, 
That was not some line. <laughs> so I, I think the Bible is, you know, it's given us an account here trying to save a little bit of face for uh, Noah. He's making some bad decisions. Now, I know, I know this would not be true of anyone here because you are righteous in this generation. But uh, have, you, have any of you ever seen someone or had a friend who's made a dumb decision when they're drunk? Any of you ever seen that? Okay, yes, yes, a lot of you have lived in the real world. That's awesome, uh, glad. Uh, this, so, so it was really interesting uh, just on Friday. So I, I'm home uh, with my wife, and we're, we're going to go out to dinner. I'm working on some stuff. My uh, daughter is uh, home from college. She's taking class online. She's working on some things. We're, and we're going to go out to dinner. All of a sudden, we hear something like a dog yelping, I thought it was. And or like some sort of scraping or, or something like that. And uh, so I, I was pretty concerned about it. I thought it could be something dangerous. So I asked my wife to go outside and check what it was. Because <laughs> <And laughs> she's fierce. <laughs> so uh, I didn't ask her to, actually. She went outside. And literally, I, I did sort of sit inside. And I was just like, okay, I didn't think it was really anything. Uh, a few minutes later, she's not coming out, and I'm getting worried about my dinner plans. So I go out. Uh, the, uh, I go outside. Uh, so what had happened? I walk outside right in the front of my house, and there's my daughter's car, and someone had sideswiped my daughter's car. Yeah, that was really bad. And then that person rear-ended just like a half block down, my neighbor's car. And so, uh, the, and the person was still there. I'm seeing this going on. And so the person's there, and then they back up, and then they go forward again and rear end the car again. This happens a couple different times. Now, I'm not sure, I'm not sure if when they knew what drive was, because he started just going forward and pushing the car. My neighbor comes out and is not pleased, really, at this point. Uh, and uh, now I don't know. I was just making an assumption. I could be wrong. I'm thinking this guy could have been drunk. <laughs> and so uh, he side, uh, so he sideswiped the car. He keeps on repeatedly rear-ending my neighbor's car. And uh, my neighbor comes out and says, "Stop!" The guy is like he's gonna pull away. He says, "Don't make it any worse than it is." But the guy's just all acting. Oh, did I mention my neighbor's an FBI agent? Yeah, okay, so, uh, <laughs> so people, this is how going on for a while, like literally this is going to this neighbor, by the way, our neighborhood, we really never got together, we got together in this moment, because uh, everyone, this has happened over a period of time, we're calling the police, and everyone's calling 911, hey, and it's interesting, uh, I live up in Sammamish, and usually, if you go like four miles per hour over the speeding limit, they send the entire department, but uh, right now, no one was coming, it was sort of interesting, I don't know, maybe someone had run a red light or something. But the, anyway, uh, it happens, and no one's coming really for about 10 minutes or so, and we're saying, hey, this is happening. We're worried. There's kids in the neighborhood. Finally, the guy backs up, nearly hits a few people, takes off, makes it down uh, a little while, and then he goes into uh, a real wealthy neighborhood, crashes, and the police were there in like 30 seconds. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I'm not. Uh, that's what happened. And uh, so, so I, I went to investigate. I want to take a picture because I knew that there would be a little bit of an insurance claim uh, there with that. The guy was just passed out. And I, I was thinking about that. And 
I don't know, it's sort of a different stage of life than I'm probably in. Uh, yeah, I felt bad about the car. Uh, my daughter feels really bad about the car. But I felt really, really bad for him in that moment. Because he made one bad decision after another. And, and I looked at the guy and just looked like a very normal person. And there, everyone's around, and he's in pro, what my guess would be the worst moment of his life. And uh, the embarrassment, the shame, the, all the other stuff, the legal stuff with it. And, and, I, and I say that uh, because we, we see this maybe as an adult child with our own parents. We've seen them in the best moments of their life. We've seen them in the worst moments of their life. So I want you to get what happens uh, next here. It says, But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. Then they walked in backward, and they covered their father's naked body. Their faces were turned the other way, so they would not see their father naked. I'm sort of uncomfortable with how many times the Bible says naked there, but that's an aside. And so, uh, but, but you have, I mean, it just because in the images, and that's not good. Anyway, so I'm like, hey, so, so here's this old naked guy laying, he is, I mean, you know, he is, he's an old guy. He is, he's an old naked drunk guy laying in a tent. It's not pretty. And uh, one, one of the sons says, see, Righteous in this generation, know-it-all dad, can't even live up to what he asked us to live up to. But the other two sons have a completely different spirit. And they say, you know, what we, we, we want to do is help remove the shame from our father. And see, my crucial decision in this is, do I celebrate the best moments or remind them of their worst ones. See, that's what part of what honoring your father and mother is about. See, God gives the command because there's not only examples of this in the Bible, but there's examples of this in real life. And maybe you say, that's my story. Well, God would want, and, and with with the time we have left, we're going to look at sort of how to honor our parents. And, and, and I prayed about it, thought about it. I don't want it to be too ethereal. I want to look at what would it be like if we took God seriously and we live out this command to honor our mother or father. Some of you would like I have, my, my wife and I, uh, my mom's alive, the rest of our parents have passed away at this point. And maybe there's someone else that you'll be thinking of as you look at this. For many of you, you do have a parent that's still alive. I think one of the most powerful things we can do is accept them for who they are. Uh, but not accept them for who we wanted them to be. Not even accept them for who we needed them to be. But accept them for who they are. What... What does Jesus say about this? He says, do for others what you would like them to do for you. By the way, this doesn't mean condoning bad behavior. As I say this, I know that there's going to be a, 
a, a subsection of you and you experienced abuse of some kind at your parents' hands. I, I, I'm not saying to say it never happened or that was okay. But it does say this, Galatians 6 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You know, one of the things, if, if you know your parents well, uh, they're carrying around usually some burdens. And it's maybe something they wish they could have done for you. It may, not, it may not be any terrible sin, just something that they wish they could have done for you, uh, they wish they had never done. Someone they wish they would have become. So what would it be like for you to say, you know what, I accept you. you know, when you're a teenager, or you are, uh, you know, what's uh, the one thing you want? Is you would grow and mature. You want uh, your parents to accept you, right? For the person, the adult you're becoming. The, the tables turn when your parents get older. And then also to forgive them for what they've done. Uh, the truth is, the, the Bible says this, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So you would say, well, my parents blew it. Well, the Bible said all of us have. And so in that, we're faced with a dilemma. Do we uh, forgive or not forgive? Now, if you're a Christ follower, uh, we're given this command uh, here in the Bible. Let's go ahead and pull up that scripture. Colossians 3.13. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances. Some of you underline that. Whatever grievances you may have against one another, forgive as, how are we supposed to forgive? As the Lord forgave you. And Jesus, but by the way, if, if you're here and you say, hey, I'm not a Christ follower yet. I don't really know this. I sort of am a religious person, but I don't have that like relationship with God. How does Jesus forgive us? Uh, he forgives us. Uh, immediately, he forgives us completely. And so if you're here and you say, man, I just cannot pull this off, I would understand that because until we experience that from Jesus, until we experience, and it's a transaction that's in spiritual in nature, and we're completely freed. It says in John eight thirty two, Jesus says, if the Son has set you free, you will be free indeed. And when we experience that kind of freedom, then we're going to have this propensity to want to share this with other people as well. Well, now, now let me get immediate, or, uh, very practical. Number three, we're to meet their needs when needed. And what do I mean uh, by that? Uh, well, first meet their needs. What do I mean when needed? As an adult child myself, <laughs> I have a living mom, uh, there are times uh, my mom now, my dad has passed away, has a need. Have you learned, what, this is true of children, whether they are four uh, for your children or your parents, whether they're 84. When they have a need, it is never convenient. Doesn't it always come at the worst time? You know, it's sort of like, hey, you know, don't worry, I can get back to you. You know, can you schedule that health problem a few months out? Uh, you know, I know you're feeling really lonely and depressed. If you will just wait a week by yourself, then I'll come. And no, you, you don't want to do that. It's in that moment because when you meet a need, uh, really outside of the time frame of the need, it, it, then you feel uncared for. And that's uh, true 
really of, of any of us. Uh, so do you know what your parents' needs really are? So it says this in 1 Timothy 5.8. Uh, this is just about practical financial needs. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially for their own household, and denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Uh, so what does that mean? Am I, I think it means what it means is that if there's some basic financial needs, uh, that we're to be part of that. Uh, now, parents, I would not make this your retirement plan because <laughs> you don't know how this is going to turn out. Uh, but, but there have been times, I'm sure many of you have been, that I've had this in, in, in our own life, and we've just had to try to figure it out. But for most of us, our parents are going to have their basic needs met. Their needs are going to be uh, for other things. Uh, respect. Uh, that's why it says in Leviticus, uh, stand up in the presence of the aged. That's uh, the idea of giving respect to our parents. To be included in your life. Uh, and that's a wonderful thing. By the way, some of you have parents, uh, and I envy you a little bit, that you're parents watch the grandkids, and that is awesome. That's one way to include them. Don't make that the only way you include them. (laughs) Hey, I just want you to be free babysitting. No, you want to do a little bit more than that. Uh, You know what uh, your parents want more than anything? Is to become your friend. And how, how do I know that? Well, I've seen a lot of people. I have a daughter now who is in college. Hard to believe that someone as young as I am could have a daughter in college. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened there, but uh, some changes, and I know that'll change as even she gets older and another daughter in high school, is you really want your kids to move from that relationship of parent-child. You know, you always have that, but where you can become friends. And your parents they care about their other friendships deeply. But there's no friendship that they will value more than yours. And I think on Mother's Day, what an appropriate thing for us to consider is how can we develop and nurture that friendship? Uh, Like any other friendship, find out what they like, find out what their passions are. And then uh, number four, we can honor them by thanking them for what they got right. Uh, You might say, well, that's easy. My parents got a lot right. Or you might say, hey, that's hard. And I know some of you, you say, that's really hard. I'm not sure what they got right. They got something right. It may be a very little thing. We're just going to find out how smart you are if you can figure this out. And some of you, I would say, are probably in a place where you find yourself distant from your parents. Now, if that's their choice, I would say, you know, that's something you're going to have to navigate. If that's your choice and you're a Christ follower, then I know that the Lord would want you to reach out to them in a way that's appropriate. I don't know what's gone on in the past. I don't know if it'll be come over. I don't know if it'll be a call. I don't know if it'll be a letter or an email. But God calls us to honor our mother and our father. 
We're to thank them for what they've done. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ. And as I, as I said that, you know, some of that's going to be, there's going to be mistakes, and those mistakes are redeemable. We're told in Romans 8.28, And we know that all things, in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. You know, one of the things I know as a parent, and I think moms more than anyone, there can be a lot of second-guessing going on. Uh, you know, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? And there can uh, be these uh, feelings of inadequacy uh, along the way. We invited some moms in to just share some of those feelings and uh, those challenges. Take a look at this. 